Blog Talk Radio. Well, yeah, we know you had a guest, 
and how did he enjoy his Thanksgiving holidays with you? He thoroughly enjoyed it. Matter of fact, he'll be on the show later on, but he thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, he was actually supposed to leave, but he decided to stay a little longer. You know, he you know got a little bit of the American experience. He want to partake a little bit, little bit more. Oh, no. <laughs> well, he just don't know what he is in for uh, hanging around you for a long period of time. I know he just don't know, but uh, uh, Sister Peppercorn will be stopping by. She said she was coming by. I don't even know if she knows he's still here or not. But oh, oh no, she knows he's she knows he's here, Evangelist. I just saw her in the restroom, and she was putting on rouge and lipstick and makeup. What? Oh, look for. Oh, never mind, never mind, Minister Candy. <laughs> oh my God! Hold on, you trying to tell me? Hold on, you trying to tell me? She done got an e message trying to get a man. I <laughs> <laughs> don't do, don't hey don't block her don't stop her you know you can't break it. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm talking about. But before we get crunk, we're going to do it by let Chase Williams tell you a little something. He's going to do it. He's going to do everything he said he was going to do. And we are talking about L.L. Young, the most high God in your life. Right here, Chase Williams. Amen. Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he's going to do it. Come on, Shabbat. I know Somebody. Everything's 
Oh, bless the Lord. He going to do it. I told you. He's he going to do it. Yes. Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? Minister D, what you got for Because I tell you, I know you had some news for, for Glorious Gospel Vibes here today uh, during the holiday festivities that went forward. What's going on? Well, I got some news. You know, you know, I, I, I research a lot on the Internet. You know, a lot of times I find funny news. Sometimes I find stupid news. Today I got odd news. Uh, very odd. But anyway, this is in Germany. This happened in Germany. It didn't happen over here in the States. But in Munich, Germany, uh, the police said uh, a woman's neighbor told the building manager that they were concerned because the 55-year-old woman had not been seen in a long time. And the manager visited the building when the daughter dodged his attempt to make an appointment to speak with the older woman. They found something strange. Now, the woman refused to allow the building manager into the apartment so police and firefighters forced their way into the apartment and discovered that the woman had been sharing a bed with her mother's corpse since the woman died oh, back in 2009 at the age mm. 2009? 2009. Oh. Oh. So they said the body had been in the bed for so long that it had become mummified. Oh, my goodness. So... This woman been sharing a bed with a dead woman for five years. Now they they conducted an autopsy and did say that the woman died of natural causes, so it wasn't a murder or anything like that. But I will say this: one one conclusion I did come to. I know she's single. Mm-mm-mm. Oh my God! I know she's single. Because there's no way you got a man or boyfriend or any other kind of significant other sleeping with a dead body. He wears single. He's single as single as going to get. That's kind of, ooh, that's a, that's a little, I, you see, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm like speechless. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't say anything. Look, and I can now, lay up with a corpse. Now they do have One a room for her now at the nut house. Oh, they, they she, do. They do why have you room. call? You, why <laughs> you just have to say nut house? Well, yeah, that's she is your nuts. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, at the psychiatric institution, aka Ooh, nut house. <laughs> Look, you sleep with dead body for five years. You at the nut house? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay, there you go. So that, now, that was you, the news. Okay, mm. so you know my mind kind of drift. So yeah, my thought, we know. Would she <laughs> smell like every day? Would she go out in public sleeping next to a dead body? She, who say she? Who say she went out in public? I don't. You don't know if she just stayed home or what? No, they say. Could they say she? You know, when she leave, she had to force her way into the into the apartment, so she wasn't there. They found that out when they broke in the apartment. So wow. she's been leaving, going, doing whatever it is she do, coming back home. So, you know, so this get out and folks at her job be like, I knew the reason she stinks so bad. No. Mm-mm. 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 That's okay. See, let me play this song. Because that's, that's the, it's so sweet to smell 
like Jesus. That ain't <laughs> that, that ain't no smell of Jesus. That's a de- <laughs> that's a demonic know, odor. Tis so sweet It's so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know that it was said by God oh, 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 oh Jesus, Jesus How I trust you How I song where I have not heard a bad version of that song yet. 
that's a pretty song, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard it sang many different ways, but that song, that's one of those songs you just, it just, you just float off in the clouds every time you hear it. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you won't, you wait now. Yeah, I'm with. Okay, that's good. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay, we're going to introduce our, our guest for today. His name is Pastor William Shiflett. He pastors Reasoning Tree Church in Engelberg, Virginia. I'm going to tell you all a little bit about him. He has written a book entitled The Christmas Truce. Now, The Christmas Truth is a story of reconciliation between a father and son set during the holiday season. While not an autobiography, it does incorporate many elements from his own dysfunctional relationship with his father, thus making the story thoroughly unique. It has been endorsed by New York Times bestselling author Jason Wright, The Christmas Jars, and has resonated with readers of all ages. Pastor William Shiflett has two other Christian life books to his credit. Friendly Fire, Embrace the Power of Trial and Generational Ties, The Utter Falsehood of An uh, The Utter Falsehood of Ancestral Curses. And we have this phenomenal author in our studio today, and we would like to say welcome to none other than William Shiflett, a wonderful, wonderful writer. How are you doing today, Pastor Shiflett? I'm doing just fine, Globy. Thank you so much for letting me come on the show. Greetings, wonderful, greetings, wonderful. Greetings. I'm just trying to run through it. I'm, I'm saying, I, I, I read the book, you know, most of it. I'm not going to tell that story. I didn't read it all, but I read most of it. <laughs> so I need to get a good idea on what we were talking about, and I could see some of myself in some, you know, some things that went on in my life that kind of relates to what you were writing about. Uh, but it is a timely book for this time as it is right now. So we just want you to run down, give us a little bit on uh, what what uh, transpired or inspired you to write Christmas Truths. Okay, well, you know, as you, as you said in the intro, it did flow out of my own broken experience with my father, and I, this is what I think makes it really resonate with people from uh, uh, across the spectrum. I've had young people, teenagers, adults, old men, young men uh, who have read the book and just felt really drawn to it because it is something most of us can relate to or we know someone who's in that kind of a broken relationship. And uh, I started writing the book, putting it together about the time my own father, who just died about a year and a half, well, almost two years ago now, but he was uh, he had a form of dementia that he knew who you were, but he couldn't stay in the moment. And so that really made me start thinking about the the impend his impending death, and uh, and so I I thought about some of these things, a lot of the emotional issues I had processed years ago. But I just got to thinking, you know, this would probably be the kind of story that people would really be benefited and blessed by. So I started putting it together on paper, and it turned out to be the Christmas truce. Uh, and, and, you know, it's about a man and his father who, who reconcile at, at Christmas time. And it's so very important because of the brokenness in our culture today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That that. My uh, my father passed away, folks. I can really, you know, 
get a good running relationship with him because we were kind of we've been separated most of my life. And I could just see as you was writing this, and every Christmas I would wish my father was there and never, you know, was. So I could just see, you know, myself going through some of the stuff that you were encountering about some of the things that was being said in the book as to, you know, to prepare to get up the unction to be before the family on in the family house. And, you know, so it was it was right, something. Right. It's, it's a good book, very good book, very good. Well, thank you, thank you, for, thank you for saying so. I think it's a book that really has ministered to people. In fact, I was at a book signing last week, and a a, a girl came forward to buy a book, and she she was very straightforward that she was an agnostic, but she was really drawn to the story in the book. So you never know how God's going to use that to to bring someone mm-hmm. to Himself. You know, that's right. You never know, and and you have put things in that book to even have people thinking of thinking of you know, even straightening their lives out just to get right, to to, to face their families. Yes, you never exactly. know how God exactly. is going to use it. Yeah, and I no, you don't. People, a, a lot of people don't understand the true value of a relationship with your father. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and you have people who are broken for years trying to get over that, that type thing. And just understanding that life is short. You know, we have to mm-hmm. understand that life is short. So mm-hmm. You don't want to... Yeah. Uh, spend your days, you know, living with that and dealing with that when you could have just said, hey, you know, whatever the situation may be, whether, you know, I'm sorry or, hey, we need to talk, whatever the case may be. Right. Well, you know, one of the things that comes out in the book, and and this was, again, something that I had to learn in my own life, is that I, I had to learn that my father did not know how to be a father. And I had a lot of anger for years towards him for his failures but the, but he he never realized he had failed because he didn't know how to be a father and to be a dad. So uh, that comes out in the story that that we have to forgive. Sometimes we're waiting people to apologize and they don't really understand that they've done anything wrong. And I really believe that was right. the case with my dad. And I actually uh, for for a long time I, I had thought, well, you know, I've apologized to him repeatedly. He's never apologized to me. But you can't wait for the apology. You have to take the first step to make things right. Yeah. Because yeah, that that may right. never happen. Now I also would point out though that the the the, the man who who uh, you mentioned the New York Times bestseller he actually had a very good relationship with his father and he said the thing that spoke to him was it made him really thankful for that. So it's a book that appeals to wow. people on both sides of the spectrum, not just right. not just people that had a broken relationship, but people who can maybe get an insight into some others. Especially, you know, this is something you could apply to women because a lot of women don't understand their husbands, and sometimes it's it, it'll give them some insight into the kind of weight they might be carrying, and feel like they can't talk about. You know, that's men don't talk about that kind of thing, and that's what's really one of the things that's really impressed me with this book. It's a very emotional book, and and you tend to think of it women is. readers, but but right. a lot of men have said they really enjoyed the book. It really spoke to them, and uh, so. Uh, it's just the kind of book that can really help people at this time of year to to fix, if if possible, the the brokenness in their homes. The brokenness, that's right. So, I, I would advise any of our, our listeners to just, you know that that may be going through something like that at a time like this because you know Christmas can be very melancholy. We get all wrapped up and tied up, and and we all of a sudden want to really love on somebody. Sometimes you know when you hear the music and you see the people shopping. I mean, you go into this whole 
uh, melancholy feeling. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> it just makes you want to fix anything that may have been wrong so that the whole holiday can go right. And we wish that would happen, you know, from beginning of the year to the end of the year, but it doesn't always go like that. For a lot of people, um, and, and, and a lot of us don't realize it, the holidays are generally a really bad time of the year for a lot of people because people are hurt so bad, you know. Because, like you said, yeah. you know, people with their families, and then you you have people with loved ones that are going on. So, you know, when it comes down to Thanksgiving and the holidays, well, I'll use a prime example. You got families right now that are spending the first Thanksgiving without loved ones that are going on. So it generally could be a right. good time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good book. Very good book. Melissa Lewis. Yes. Uh, yes, Christmas truth seemed to minister to a lot of people hurt. Uh, is this your first book? It's my first fiction book. Yes, ma'am. The uh, the other two books that I have are Christian life books, and uh, but this is my first fiction book that has been published. Now, I do have Another novel that I'm working on is much more involved, and there's a sequel to this book that that I'm also working on. So, uh, but but this is my first attempt at at fiction work, and again, it's got a lot of elements from my own life, but it is a fiction story as opposed to the other books, which are Christian life books. Oh, wonderful! Mm, that's good. Well, How did you choose the genre, that particular genre? I think what's that label as what contemporary fiction? Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't. I didn't really sit down to pick a genre. I just, I just wanted to tell a story, and so I, I put it together. Uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote out the story, and I, I, I gave it to some people to read, and they really liked it. And then I, I, I got a, a, a professional freelance editor to read it, and she didn't like it, and she said all this needs to be changed. So I went back and I, I I did a lot of the stuff, you know, because I had never written fiction before. I really didn't know what I was doing, uh, and and I was just very pleased, very pleased with the way it turned out. But I just I just sat down to write out this story uh, about my own life. And one of the things about the book is everything in the book that happens between Tommy, the main character, and his father, mm-hmm. really happened between me and my father. Now I wove it together wow. in a different uh, storyline. But it all right. happened, and that's one of the things that people read it and say, uh, this really happened, didn't it? You know, it has that much right. emotion in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that really helps people relate and connect to it. Wow. That's wonderful. Because, you know, Minister Lois is an author herself, and she, she, she writes books, and she writes children's books. Yeah. And also she just released a, um, is that a fiction book? Uh, that's a fiction book or non-fiction book. <laughs> non-fiction. You know, I don't, you know, I don't know the difference. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, I'm no trying. Problem. To... Right, well, you know. well, Pastor Shifter, do you have any advice to give to expiring writers out there uh, for our listeners? Do you have any advice for them as authors? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first off, if if you really have a passion for it and believe it, then keep pursuing it. Uh, yeah, I, in my first book, Friendly Fire, which is a, a book about adversity and trial and how God shapes our character, I dedicated to four women. One of those women was a waitress at a ski resort that I worked at when I was a teenager. And I had this idea for a book, and I was telling people, and one of the cooks was shooting it down and, you know, really uh, – 
making me feel bad. And the and the the girl was a waitress, and she said, "Don't let anybody intimidate you." And unfortunately, That's I right. did for a long time. I let people intimidate me, and instead of realizing this is uh, this is a gift that God has given you, He wants you to use it for His glory. So that would right. be the first thing. If if you've got that. If you really feel God's called you to do that, just be diligent with it. Uh, be willing to listen to the instruction of others. And also, uh, don't be discouraged. I, uh, uh, I've i met a lot of authors at these book signing events this year, and they have a book, and it, it's not it's not really doing anything, but you have to you have to work it. You have to work it. You have to apply for radio yes, programs sure. like this, and contact newspapers, and do book signings. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, because and and the and most publishers expect you to do that today if, before they will talk to you. They want to know what are you going to do to make the book a success. So apply yourself, and if you really believe God's called you to that, then ask Him to to give you the passion, a deeper passion, a commitment to learning, mm-hmm. and to open doors that only He can open. Wow! Awesome. That's a question I have for you. Uh, was it hard for you to write Christmas because when I wrote the book Ripped, uh, it was about a, a very painful past of being molested and abused and all those horrible things. It, it took me time. I mean, it was almost like a healing therapy to write for me. I don't know about you in writing Christmas Truths. How was it for you? Yeah, it was for me the same way, especially at near the end because my father died at about the time I signed the contract for the book. So, you know, after you sign a contract, of course, you have to do all this extra editing and the editors are sending you stuff and so forth. And as I was going back through that, it really became really – and I was reading things and I was I was saying, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm really yeah. sorry that things weren't better. So it was a very – uh, a very uh, uh, healing thing for me to to write the book and write it down. And there, you know, there again, you have people who have those kind of stories, and maybe they ought to write it, even if it never gets read, just because it helps them process the emotions and the hurt. That's true. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Minister Derek. Minister Derek, did you have anything you needed to say before we uh, close up? I think we got disconnected. Well, uh, uh, Pastor Shiflett, we are so happy to have you on our program. I know you mm-hmm. had another um, engagement to this evening, and we won't keep you in that, that much longer, but I would like you to tell the, uh, our listeners where they can purchase your book and uh, so they can get it quick. And we would need all our listeners to uh, – Go ahead on out there and purchase that book. And if we have an extra one here in, in the studio and anybody who want to call in and, and, and uh, have any questions about Christmas truth, we will be glad to be able to give you that book. Okay, well, it's a, you can get it in any uh, Christian bookstore in America, any bookstore in America, actually. It doesn't have to be a Christian bookstore. They will not have it in stock. Uh, you'll have to you'll have to order it because I, I am an, uh, a relatively unknown author, but it is available at uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. It is available as an ebook at Amazon and Barnes and Noble for the for the Kindle or the Nook, and it's also available at iBooks and Baker and Taylor. Those are some of the places where you can get the ebook. But it's available through any bookstore in America. Obviously, the the quickest usually. Uh, is through Amazon, but if you're really committed to to supporting your local businesses, they can order it. Any bookstore in America can order it for you. 
Well, that's wonderful. Okay, listen, that's your wonderful. heart, you heard it. You heard it right here on Glorious Gospel Vibe. Pastor, we are so grateful that you were able to join us. Thank you so much for the book because I, I am I'm almost at the end. I am truly enjoying this book, and you continue to be the writer that God has blessed you to be. I, I thank you for being on our program. He said well, he's a relatively that. unknown author, so next time we talk to him, he'll be a well-known author. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys, I'll thanks a bunch. most grateful to have you all, <laughs> just as now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, thanks so much for blessed, having me on. Week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, you too. God bless you. God bless you. Ah, sucker, sucker, now. What are you talking about? We got right, right here the sleigh ride. We're coming into the Christmas holidays, and you know this. And we're here to let you know we're going to have us a good sleigh ride this Christmas. Oh, we ain't going to have to have no
wanted to see if you would like to go some of to some of the church services, and I know Minister Darrell been keeping you in hiding, but you know you have to get out and see things. You just can't sit to a table all day and eat, cause that's what he does. You, you know, I was thinking it. it is just like God that you are on the show today. I really wanted to hear your voice. Thank you so much for coming. Praise be to God. We're going to go ahead and let them handle this radio program thing, and me and you going to go and check out some church. I know that he hasn't taken you anywhere because all he does is eat, and we're praying for his recovery because obesity is a sin. Praise be to God. So my name is, is Adebisi, right? not obesity. Adebisi, I know what your name is. I've been studying your name. I know what your name is. <laughs> but we're going to let anyway. We're going to let Minister Lois Candy Vernon come on the air right now. And me and you going to check out some churches. God bless everyone on Glorious Gospel Vibes. And I thank you, Vanguard Groby, for you letting me come on the show. Oh, I, I failed to mention. Hello, Miss Candy. Candy. Oh. Oh, it is such a pleasure to. Uh, have you in the studio today? Oh my goodness! I saw Evangelist Capricorn, and I tell you, she was looking mighty hot today. I thought, now I know why. <laughs> I bet she is. <laughs> well, we're right. going to get on into this inspirational corner. Uh, good evening, Evangelist Golden Minister Derek Togo. Guest, Pastor William Shiflett. We thank God for that and the Christmas truth. But uh, take care of the anointing is what I'm going to talk about this evening. Uh, see, you've been anointed from the womb, from the very beginning. What has God told you to do or not to do in order to preserve and protect the anointing? Uh, has he warned you of things not to say? Things not to do, places not to go, things not to touch, or in some cases, things not to listen to. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you a story this evening about Samson's mother, coming out of the 13th chapter of Judges, and how an angel came down and gave her instructions about her anointed baby Samson. You see, the children of Israel had done evil in the sight of the Lord, and they were being held captive in the, by the hands of the Philistines for 40 long years. Now, there was a man named Manoah, and his wife could have no children. But an angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Good news. Now, I know you are barren and you can't have children, but behold, look at here now. We know the circumstances that thou are barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, but beware. I'm warning you right here. Pray thee, drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing. Now, if you do this, if you do give it told, lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. You see, Samson was sanctified, appointed, and anointed from the womb, uh, purposely just for God, to begin the deliverance of his children out of the hands of the Philistines. So Samson's mother was given strict guidelines to follow in order to protect your son's anointing. What has God told you to do or not to do to protect your anointing? What is anointing? I'm glad you asked. The word anointing. 
anointed means chosen one. The origin of anointing is from a practice of shepherds. You see, lice and other insects would often get into the wool of sheep. And when they got near the sheep's head, they could borrow into the sheep's ears and kill the sheep. So ancient shepherds poured oil on the sheep's head. This made the wool slippery, making it impossible for insects to get near the sheep's ears because the insects would then slide off. And this alone became symbolic of blessings, protection, and empowerment. During a religious service, sometimes they will rub all rub all on you to signify a consecrated office. The all itself does not have any power. It is only God who can anoint a person for a specific purpose. I promise not to get too deep, but I wanted to show you one thing. The reason for putting the all on the sheep was to keep the lice and the other insects from killing the sheep. It was poured on the sheep's wool, but when it got near the head, they could boil down into the sheep's ears, ears and kill the sheep. But for the purpose of time, I'm going to go fast forward. You all know the story of Samson and Delilah. And his wife and how she deceived Samson and told the enemy after several deceptive trials that Samson's strength was in his hair, which is on his head. Now, two things this signifies. When we are talking about the anointing and killing the anointed one, she got to Samson's head through manipulation. She bore it through his ears as he listened to her. Samson, if you love me, tell me the secret of your strength. When she finally convinced Samson to tell her where his strength lies, that it was in his hair, it was time to kill the anointing. While well, God got us right here, uh, on his enough time, when he put the Holy Spirit in you through Jesus Christ, and the enemy is trying daily to boil himself into our head, our hearts and our minds trying to kill the anointing. Luke 4 and 18 said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has known me to preach for. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recover of sight to the blind and set a liberty dim that are bruised. And we are anointed to call to the ministry. We are known to have authority in this dominion and in this area, recovering sight to the blind. Being blind is not only physical ability, it can also be blind. From the truth. What is the truth? Believing that Christ has come to set you free, free from sin, and Satan wants us to stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of us think that we are so perfect. I go to church every Sunday. I sing in the choir. I pay my tithes. But tell our brother man every time he comes to you for bread and you give him a stone. The greatest blindness mm. of all is the inability to see ourselves for the wrong that we do each and every day. The Holy Spirit can bring recovery of sight, not just recover a physical site, but also spiritual healing and wholeness. What has God told you to do to protect your Lord and your spiritual gift? Samson, after being manipulated by Delilah, failed to protect his anointing. After he had told his wife the secret of his strength, being in his hair, she crept in in the wee hours of the night and commenced to cut his hair off. Samson awoke with no power. The anointing was gone. The anointing of Samson's life was supposed to set the captives free. Most of the time we fail because of ignorance. We fail because we allow sin to come in and wreak havoc. We fail because of the attack of the enemy. We also fail because we do not listen. What has God told you? do or not to do in order to protect their anointing, the Holy Spirit that he has given you this year is coming to a close. And we declare today that before this year goes out, we are taking back all the enemy has stolen. Protect your anointing. Yes, Someone is crying out today, I failed to protect my anointing. But right now, thank you, God, for restoration. Samson pleaded for God to restore his strength long enough for him to destroy the Philistines. And God honored 
promised king of his people. What is his name? His name is Jesus. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Sleeping child. 